Hi everyone, and welcome to the 72nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. And Sabrina! Hi! How's it going, guys? Good. It's my last day of my fall vacation, so... Lucky. Uh, yeah, I had uh, 11 days off, and that was like pure bliss, and I was in Las Vegas for like the first four days of my vacation, so that was a lot. That was nice. I needed that. I need to get away from everybody. Yeah. Super awesome. And Sabby, it has been a while since you've been on the show, so we're so happy to have you back. Oh, thank you. I've missed being on the show. It's just been really, really busy. Yeah, definitely. School is not fun. That. You should stay in school, oh, yeah, though. School. People stay in school. Yeah. Sabby has a life, unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a life. My life revolves around school and work. That's not no, That's life. my life, too. Oh. My life is just work I know that five days a week and two days off and... And like I said, you know, that vacation was really definitely needed after after everything, after all summer. Yeah, I feel you. Jeez. Sounds brutal. Well, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We run on a four-week rotation with a new show every other Tuesday with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... KH2.co.uk. They also come out on YouTube now. I should add yeah. that to our thing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, Brandon, get it together. Yeah, Brandon, God. Up, update I, update I, this I, outline. I, this this, this four year old island. Well, here's the thing. I, whenever we make major changes on the show, I always update it in sort of rotation. So I'll update the intro a little bit, and then I'll update the middle a little bit, and I'll update the outro a little bit. So eventually we'll just rotate through updating everything until it's all up to date until we change something else i know right it's so weird we've been using the same it takes out- a while. I, i've been using the same outline since i started four years ago which is yeah weird. Actually, I you I added it. it you're okay <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? I take everything back uh, i'm sorry you you, you did you did well, the right anyways thing. <laughs> well anyways we have a fantastic uh three segment show today uh we've got our new segment and for our second segment, we have Kingdom Hearts University for the first time ever. Uh, we're going to be talking about Zehanort and get you all learned on the confusing plot that is dun, 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 dun. and everything the like that. The first X-Men. And also, yes, <laughs> yes, the first X-Men. Well, <laughs> the 13 or so, maybe 26. I don't know. You who's, 13 who's keeping Xehanort's, count man, I don't even know if I can handle 13 versions of myself. Oh, man. Well, we'll be talking all about that in the second segment. And finally, wrapping up, we have our question segment. Uh, in the way of announcements, uh, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. If we reach $500 an episode, we'll be able to release Kingdom Hearts Union every two weeks. Um, so, yeah, definitely help us out there. We want to bring more to the table and uh if you want more uh go to patreon.com slash ffkh union and we'll be able to help you out if you want some so, come get some exactly <laughs> and uh just a reminder if you guys want to be a part of the show send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com uh, we've been getting lots of questions so thank you to everyone that has been uh emailing us uh, please keep sending more. Uh, and just as a reminder, in big shows like the one we have today, we can't always uh, uh, have all the questions on the show. But if you email us questions, uh, if, if we ever have a drive spell, we'll always go back and uh, pull up old questions. Sometimes people will email me uh, an email full of like you know ten questions, and we might cover one on the show. That doesn't mean that those other questions won't be covered at some point. Uh, you know, if it's if it's a timeless sort of question that could be asked at any time, all questions are fair game. So feel free to send a ton of questions to khuquestions at gmail.com, and at some point uh, you'll probably get all of them answered. So uh, anyways, uh, and as uh, I mentioned before, we are on YouTube, so please subscribe to Kingdom Hearts Union on YouTube. Uh, just search for Kingdom Hearts Union on YouTube, and you'll be able to find our channel and, uh, yeah, we post all the latest Kingdom Hearts Union episodes there, uh, as well as any cool trailers that come up. We also post them there. So you can keep up on all the cool Kingdom Hearts video news. And also, major announcement, especially for those of you who want your, to get your questions on the show. 
The next show, not the show, but next show, the one in November, is our last show of 2014. Wait, so we're taking a break in December again? Yes, so normally, yeah, normally what ends up happening is whatever the last scheduled show of a year is, we we normally would take a break. A lot of times we'll end up with a show in December, but just how the schedule had it this year, we had two shows in September, so that sort of like pushed us back. So, uh, yes, our last show will be our November cast, so right around Thanksgiving in the United States and very close to Black Friday, I guess. <laughs> unless uh, something big comes from Jump Festa, then we might have a special episode. Yeah, unless something episode. big. And the yeah, Lucid Kingdom yeah, Hearts 2.5. What? Well, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts 2.5. We're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts 2.5 in this episode, but honestly, they're remakes. You know, there's, yeah, there's no, not much to talk we're, about. We're, we're just making, we're just <laughs> there's some chain. Se- there's so, there's some special extra stuff which we'll talk about in the new segment, but it's not. Uh, well, too it's good. it's. I just good. want us to talk. Oh my god! I know, right? I just want to see you guys god. more often. You know, yeah, that, that, that's my Christmas wish. So to see you guys it's exactly. Just so we can talk we'll, about Kingdom Hearts. We'll work something out. We'll work something out. So anyway, moving on into our. Well, like I said, 2.5 is out already by that time. So basically, yeah, Jump Festa is like a surprise for anything Kingdom Hearts 3 related. So we'll see. True. Yeah, if anything comes, we'll see. So anyway, moving on to the news segment, as we just talked about, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 is already out in Japan. I got my Yay. copy. I got my copy last week. You got week. your copy. I Sammy's have the collector's edition that came with the Play Arts Kai and all the uh, good little goodies that come with it. I just got the yeah. uh, normal edition because I am a poor child that's in school. Oh, I got the nothing edition. I <laughs> didn't yeah, even Brandon buy it. Brandon wins. She's got the nothing. <laughs> well, Brandon got... almost like convinced me not to get it either because he's like, it's coming yes. out in like two months. And and that, like, I know it is. And well, I don't want it still. Worth well, that's the funny thing is with me is like, like I've been playing it, and then I'm like, I'm in, like reducing my time because it's like, you know what? I'm gonna have to do this all again when the English version comes out. So I'm like, exactly. I'm gonna take my time. But yet, I bought it just to collect the collector stuff. So that's that. That's the kind of Kingdom Hearts fan I am. Like, I don't mind spending three hundred twenty dollars on this collector's edition because it's a collector's edition. So yeah, understandable. I think I think there's a, at least some value in the collector's edition because you can't get that anywhere else. You have to get the Japanese Pretty one much. just because yeah. that edition is too big. For me, though, personally, every import I've ever purchased except for Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, every other one, though, I've always regretted it. I've always regretted it because I always end up getting the Japanese version of the normal game i don't end up getting like a final mix or a special edition i get like i can't wait for final fantasy 13 better get it in japan three months earlier oh wait i hate this game now i have it three times yeah and you can't you can't sell your imports unless uh you have a place that sells it like for me there's a a nobody wants to buy them i spent over a hundred dollars on them I've always regretted it. Even Birth by Sleep. Oh, I spent ninety bucks on getting that. Getting it in English. Returns. Unfortunately for me, there's a there's a Kunikunia store that's actually buys import stuff. And like uh, every time I've been in there, yeah. they always they they they'll take anything. Book. They even take like Ultimanias. Then they'll real sell them too. I've seen like the old school Kingdom Hearts Ultimanias there. Look oh at which ones and how much. Um, the original Kingdom Hearts and uh, Kingdom Hearts Two. But uh, it's been a while since I've been there, but. I'll check it out for you, Zabby. If they got anything left, maybe just just to know. I might not. I'm like since I'm getting that series one in this week, I probably won't need it. Well, I, I like truth. Truthfully, I actually bought the original Kingdom Hearts strategy guide when it, that still has SquareSoft on the on the. <gasps> book. Me too. I have it. Yes, I bought it just for that reason because it's so rare to find anything. Because Kingdom Hearts was practically the last title that says SquareSoft on it. I was like, yeah. I got really, really lucky with one. I found one at a flea market. I think I got it for like five or ten dollars. That's how I paid. Cool. That's how much I paid mine. I was like, I saw it. It said SquareSoft on it. I'm like, yes, this, this might be worth something. Yeah. And speaking of Kingdom Hearts 2.5, if you like spoilerific things on the internet, there are things out there. We won't be revealing what those are, just in case you want to play and find out you can watch it yourself uh, on the internet you can watch it yourself <laughs> so all the secret movies uh all two of them as far as i know have been 
released with the official English subtitles because apparently Square Enix localized everything and had the uh, content on there, ex- uh, well, except for the voice acting on some of them. But uh, apart and, and, from that, and, and to be honest, also, no spoilers. All the Kingdom Hearts two final, yeah, it's just it's not a big deal. I, yeah, they're not really that great of secret, you know. They movies. don't reveal anything. They don't they reveal don't anything. Re- like I mean, the only like the only hint, one of them reveals something. They hint at some things. Well, well, one is they more like a. Things. Well, one of them is just like <laughs> a like a. Like, how do you say it? Like it's like a like a preview of things to come for one thing, and the other one just adds a little bit more information about a certain something that occurs in another game. So it's like you know, not even they're not even that big. It's not deal. a big deal. It's Ethan not a big deal. And don't ex- three. Ha! Huh, there, I did it. Big oh, spoiler. Oh. No, not really. I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody knew that. Come on, Savvy. That's how dare you? No, Nathan Drake. <laughs> what a man. I know. I, and I, also, I was something, something that's a lot. When I when I saw the live streams on them, I was really disappointed. Yeah, there really aren't much. <laughs> but something that is exciting to at least us Americans is that uh, all the exclusive Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix cutscenes. Uh, have been released in full English. So if you wanted to see some of the exclusive cutscenes with voice in acting. English, with voice this acting, time. yeah, that's like pretty amazing. So those were apparently all on uh, the data of the uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 in Japan. So people have extracted those out, put them on YouTube. Well, don't, They're um, pretty awesome. I, I think they kept the end of the Japanese version because I know that I heard somewhere that the Japanese fans love you know, the English version because they use the authentic Disney voices are close yeah, enough. Okay. So they Disney love that. That's why they yeah. kind of kept it in there for them when they unlock it in theater mode. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Uh, if you want to see those as well, those are on YouTube. Um, if you want to wait, uh, you know, no harm in waiting either. So that moves us into probably the most controversial uh, news topic that I don't think should be controversial. But Kingdom Hearts has Kingdom Hearts Three has shifted development uh, to Unreal Engine Four. This was something that caught a lot of people off guard because a lot of people thought that Kingdom Hearts Three was supposed to run on Luminous Engine. It's, it's uh, if I remember correctly, that was reviews. never really confirmed. Yeah, it's got a lot of mixed reviews. Um, but yeah, I don't even remember that Luminous Engine was ever like properly confirmed. It, uh, I mean, it Kingdom wasn't confirmed, but it's it was, it was sort of hinted, it was hinted because of uh, fif- the use in Final Fantasy 15, which is you know running on yeah, PS4 and think, Xbox One. You would think you know they're going to use it on both. I mean, uh, Final Fantasy 14 uses Luminous, but only for the lighting aspects. They don't use then it doesn't mm-hmm. run fully on Luminous. But um, exactly, exactly, but, and it uh, runs much less on Luminous than uh, than 15 does. Yeah. So, and the re- and for me, it's like the reason why, like, like I've already like. So I know some people know the reason. Some people, some people don't. For me, it's just that you know, with the difficulty it has on fifteen, uh, some of the luminous team members have been folded into the fifteen team to help them out with making the game with it, and that's only in uh, their main office. Is while Kingdom Hearts Three is being developed in Osaka. So my guess is just mm-hmm. that instead of flying that. luminous team members to um, Osaka to help Kingdom Hearts 3 out. They're putting the full focus on trying to finally get 15 out. So I guess that the move to Unreal made sense so that they can just work with Epic, you know? Yeah, the the other thing is, uh, as far as Luminous Engine goes, as far as we know about Luminous Engine, um, everything points to the fact that Luminous is not a complete engine yet. Even with the Final Fantasy 15 team, uh, if you watch some of the streams that uh, Tabata has done, he's sort of describing that uh, they were developing stuff on their own in their own eb- engine that they were calling Ebony, and now they're sort of what they're calling porting it over to Luminous, which makes it sound like Luminous was providing all the razzle-dazzle pretty lighting and graphics, and they're by hand brute force putting in the gameplay parts, which don't have anything to do which with is weird general because, game like, development. Those are which s- is weird because like I hear that uh, most people start using Unreal before they develop their own engines. But Square exactly. Enix kind of so, did it backwards by trying to develop their engine well, and then move yeah, to Unreal. Yeah, actually, and actually when you're, when you're developing your own internal engine, it does make sense to do it that way. Um, and and just, just to be clear, for anyone that is a little bit unclear about what a game engine is, basically... 
the idea of a game engine is when you want to make a game, uh, there are certain things that all games need. They need controller support. They need lighting. They need support for audio. They need an animation system. They, they all need a lot of similar things. So the idea of an engine is that you develop these systems in a general way that a lot of games could use, and you focus and make this the best animation system. You make this the best audio system. You make it the best controller, physics engine, you name it. Whatever all these games are going to use, you make the best version of that that's easily reusable. And you take that engine and all those tools that you made, and then you go make your game after that. Um, and that's the sort of the idea of making a game engine like that is so that it's reusable. So I guess the idea would have been make Luminous an awesome internal engine, and then Kingdom Hearts can use some of that stuff. But it makes me wonder how long. Yeah, it makes me wonder how long they've been developing Luminous. You know, because like, because developers, as far as we know, at least since 2011, they've been working on it. However, since in 2012, it was not a game engine. In 2012, uh, Luminous was basically just the real-time rendering side of things. So the graphics side of things, spot on in 2012. But as far as the game side of things, that has always held back Final Fantasy 15, which is why they weren't developing on Luminous until just recently. You know, this year, as far as we know. And that's why Kingdom Hearts couldn't proceed on Luminous was because it's not a full game engine, not yet, at least. It's so weird that so, they're that they're developing something on an engine that's not even done yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that with Final Fantasy fifteen, what they're doing is they're just porting over the stuff they made from scratch and sort of filling in the holes that Luminous left over. So I don't know beyond graphics what Luminous has, but mm. whatever it doesn't have. That's coming over from whatever Ebony was. See, see, so see anyway. this is why I'm glad that we have you, because you're the one that understands all this. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's fine. So anyways, speaking of Unreal Engine 4, I thought I would take a moment to explain Unreal Engine 4 a little more in depth, because I feel like I have a little bit uh, of an intimate understanding of that particular engine. If you don't already know, uh, in my full time now, I am doing full time uh, independent game development, and I am using Unreal Engine 4 as my platform of choice. And I have been using it for about six months now. I, I licensed the engine in March, right when it came out, so I've been using it for a while now. And I actually now have a full year license that I got for free through school. So Yay. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, stuck school. in Unreal Engine 4 for. I'm stuck in Unreal Engine 4 for at least another year. So I have a pretty good understanding. I've been using it for a while. And I thought I would explain some of the things that I like about Unreal Engine 4. Also, how I think they could fit into Kingdom Hearts 3. And try to allay some of the concerns. Because a lot of people... Yeah, a lot of when people they don't the understand. And they're really bashing yeah. like Unreal Engine 4. A lot of people, when, they're, when they heard the announcement, they thought, Oh, this is going to be a lot like what Unreal Engine 3 was like. Where... All the Unreal Engine 3-based games look awesome, but they all look kind of the same. Like, if you look at Gears of War, uh, Arkham City, and Mass Effect, they all have a certain look to them that, you know, you could tell, okay, these are Unreal Engine 3 games. Which was true in the Unreal Engine 3 days, but isn't true now. Uh, I, I find Unreal Engine 4 is a lot more uh, flexible, especially graphically. And I thought I would explain some of the things that I like about it and try to allay some concerns and explain why this is actually a really awesome thing that they transitioned o- over to a full, fully-fledged uh, fully fledged game development tool set. So I've got my top 10 things. My first thing that I love about Unreal Engine 4 is what we call Blueprints. Uh, Blueprints is a visual scripting tool that basically instead of writing code by hand, by typing it out, you can actually create flowcharts of behaviors and basically rapidly prototype things and uh, be able to develop things a lot easier because you're not coding everything by hand. You can uh, basically create a flowchart of whatever behavior you want to create. And the benefit of this is that you can rapidly prototype, which is very important in next-gen game development because uh, we want to make sure that the things we make are fun so how do you make sure something is fun? You test it, and if you don't think it's fun, you rewrite it, and you keep, you keep testing it and rewriting it and testing it and write, rewriting it until it's fun. And the only way to do that uh, in an effective way is if you have a really quick turnaround time on recreating 
uh, that behavior or changing it and altering it and not having to worry about it breaking. Uh, so blueprint visual scripting, very easy. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are, uh, that aren't used to game development are actually uh, coming into Unreal Engine 4 and using blueprints now because uh, they don't have to code if they don't need to. Uh, the other thing, and this speak more, speaks more to the graphics side of things, uh, is uh, the material system in Unreal Engine 4. So uh, a lot of people, I actually find a lot of these threads on uh, NeoGAF that are talking about, oh, this, this generation isn't as big a leap as, uh, you know, as last generation was, you know, from PS2 to PS3. Uh, that was a much bigger leap than PS3 to PS4. Um, Part of the reason we haven't seen the big jump yet is because of um, the fact that a lot of the games we're seeing right now were, are still developed on old technology. Um, they're basically just ported to the next-gen consoles. Uh, we're going to start seeing true next-gen games that have been developed from the start on next-gen uh, probably the end of this year and uh, also in next year. Uh, and one of the major... Uh, turning points has been in this thing called physical physically based rendering which is actually a technology developed by disney uh that basically is a way to define materials in a certain way that is very accurate um the best way to describe this if you're a final fantasy fan if you look at e3 2013's trailer and compare it to the tokyo game show 2014 trailer and see how different the lighting is that's the difference of physically based rendering uh in a nutshell so if you look at the nighttime scenes in the E3 2013 footage and how terrible it looked in E3 2013 and how realistic they look in uh, 2014, um, you can see uh, what the benefits of physically based rendering are. And the fact that Kingdom Hearts gets this for nothing, well, they get it for whatever they paid for the license for, but they don't have to develop it. That's a big step up. And that's going to be a theme in a lot of these things is that uh, by licensing an engine, you get all of these things already developed and you can just make your game. You don't have to develop the groundwork as well. Um, and, uh, number three sort of ties into that. Uh, it supports really awesome lighting, uh, baked and dynamic. Number four I'm most excited about because this, is, this has direct components that could help Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, and this is the Persona animation system. I love the name because I love Persona, obviously. But... Um, Basically, this system is all about animation and specifically animation blending, which I think is super awesome and could really help the look of Kingdom Hearts. Something I notice uh, while playing through Kingdom Hearts 2 even is that uh, if you imagine when you're running as Sora, if you're, let's say you're pressing the stick, uh, left stick, sort of softly and, you know, Sora's walking. If you press it a little bit further, when he transitions into running, there is no transition. He instantly starts running. There is no slow and then sort of medium and then... No, it's just walking and running, and that's that's it. Uh, with this animation system just built in, uh, you can actually blend between animations. So you will have a fully smooth animation between all of that. Um, also, uh, Unreal Engine 4 supports what's called inverse kinematics, which is basically creating animations out of the skeleton and physics which is pretty crazy, but you can do sorts of things like foot planting. So if Sora's walking upstairs, for example, and he stops in the middle of the flight of stairs, his right foot would be higher up than his left foot. His foot is not clipping through the floor. Uh, all that cool foot planting stuff that you'll see in like Grand Theft Auto or Assassin's Creed, uh, you can do that with inverse kinematics. Um, another thing is with AI. Uh, Unreal Engine 4 has built in something called behavior trees, so you don't have to develop your own artificial intelligence system. It's built in. You just have to create, uh, you know, similar to Blueprint, basically flowcharts of behaviors, uh, so we can have more interesting interactions with Heartless. Um, if you notice, the D23 uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 footage didn't have any, you know, perceivable AI. They were just running around. You can create that in behavior trees, but you can also create a lot more interesting interactions, and you don't have to create the system in the background as well. That just comes with Unreal Engine. Uh, another big thing, especially for Kingdom Hearts 3, looking at the D23 footage, is the Cascade Particle System. Uh, so there's built a built-in particle system. looks really awesome. It runs on the GPU, so it's very fast uh, and 
can have like literally hundreds of thousands of particles all in the scene and they just it just works and it runs on all the consoles and on pc really well uh, and you can create really awesome particle effects. You can actually see some of them in uh, in the D23 footage when Sora's like casting fire magic. Uh, those are GPU particles. Um, they're built in in Unreal Engine 4, so they, they don't need to recreate that system uh, again uh, for Unreal Engine 4. Another big thing, which I think could really change Kingdom Hearts 3 gameplay-wise, is there is a built-in physics engine. Kingdom Hearts up to this point has never had a physics system. Um, and you know, if Whoa, you could really? imagine, yeah, there hasn't been a, not a real physics system. Basically the way they handle physics in kingdom hearts is they handle it through the animation system. So, uh, if you bounce a ball, it's mostly an animation and they sort of hand calculate hand program in the physics. There isn't like an overarching physics system for the entire game, uh, that, that they can tap into. So things like, um, like uh, when you when you kill Heartless and money and HP and MP bubbles fly out, those are mostly handled through the animation system. That's not a physics sort of thing. It's not like with Half Life Two where you had a physics engine where you know things would float in the water and things had weight and everything had mass and you could push things. It wasn't like that. It was mostly handled through animation. Unreal Engine Four built-in physics engine. So you could imagine that maybe we could have some sort of physics puzzles or physics-related Heartless. Um, it supports... Well, this is sort of an animation thing, but it also supports Jiggle Bones, where you could have uh, soft-body interactions with Heartless. So you can imagine a large body with a jiggly belly if you wanted to. You could do that. Um, I'm trying to think of other things you could do with uh, the physics engine, but that's... Oh, also, dynamic, you can have, uh, I don't think it's dynamic, but you can have fracturing uh, models. So if you want Sora to actually have destructible environments in his world, that's built in. Um, So you can have destructible environments. I think in Kingdom Hearts, we've always had destructible objects, but when you break things like, like a wooden crate, it just disappears. You see like a particle animation, oh, look, wood blew up, and then it's gone. It just disappears. With this, you could have a wooden crate that you bust apart and it falls apart if you wanted to. So I think the physics engine could actually affect gameplay quite a bit. Uh, And then the rest of stuff is mostly support-related. Epic Games provides awesome, awesome support, and I think that's probably what makes the biggest difference. Um, They uh, have a lot of ways to support uh, all the licensors, uh, they update the engine every single month with major updates. We're on to, uh, as of right now, Unreal Engine 4.5 already. Um, so they've been updating nonstop uh, since release. There's a ton of new things constantly being added on that you just get uh, by owning uh, an Unreal Engine license. One thing that is like one of my favorite things that they've added uh, recently, actually I think it was two updates ago, is this thing called Imposter Meshes. So... If you know in like in a third person action game, if you look off into the distance and you see like a giant building, for example, you know that building is just a billboard. It's a flat piece of geometry that isn't that exciting. Um, in Unreal Engine 4, they have this imposter system where you can create something like that, but it basically you give it uh, a model as source, and it will basically capture images from all angles of that model and so sort of like uh if you've ever played um mario kart 64 how all the characters are just uh 3d render or 3d renders but on a flat object and how depending on where you rotate you see a different angle Mm -hmm. so you can use those in the background so you can have like what looks like 3d buildings because they're really far away but depending on what angle you look at it changes the uh angle of the object but it's really just a flat plane. So you can have a ton of those. So if you, you can imagine, like, in the world that never was, all those buildings could look 3D while saving on uh, saving on processing power. So you could have a lot more dense uh, environment in the background. That I'm really excited for. That was something that they just added to the engine uh, That's for free. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is really awesome. And also, it's very well documented. Uh, also, and this is very important, the source code is available to all licensors. So if you pay Epic $20, you get access to the source code of the engine. And I think this is going to be important for Square Enix because to make 
uh, the game look exactly the way they want. I'm sure they want to modify the engine uh, however they like, and they can because anyone that licenses the engine is allowed to fiddle around with the source code of the engine. Uh, and also, and this is very important, it is multi-platform out of the box. This is very important because you can, if we all remember the, uh, you know, the crazy stuff that happened uh, last generation with Final Fantasy 13 and how the Xbox 360 port was handled and how they were really not equivalent, that was a big problem, uh, especially, you know, disk size and the, the way things were compressed and things weren't uh, equivalent on both versions. The nice thing is that because Unreal Engine 4 is designed from the ground up to be a multi-platform engine, it's really easy to port your game to another console. Uh, literally, all you have to do is you make your game and you say, oh, build for PS4, and it will make the PS4 version. Now, that said, there are things that are platform-specific, obviously. Uh, they do have different uh, hardware. Uh, for example... Uh, with and software-wise, uh, PlayStation has trophies, while um, w- with the Xbox they have achievements. So you do have to do certain things on the back end uh, for the specific platform. But like for like ninety-five percent of your game, it's literally just okay. Build the PC version, build the PS4 version, build the iPhone version, and it just does it. And most of the stuff just works. So. Those are basically my top 10 things that I think are really awesome. If you guys are interested in Unreal Engine 4, or if you want to know more about it or games that use Unreal Engine 4, uh, some good things to look at. Uh, if you look up Rhyme, it's an awesome game uh, made by Tequila Works. Uh, it's a very stylized looking game, and I think would give you a good idea of what uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 could look like. Uh, and also, if you want to see someone using it, you can go look at my Deviant art because I'm always posting videos on there. I think by the time this podcast goes up, I'll have another video out. So if you go to Brandon, uh, B-R-A-N-D-E-N 9654.deviantart.com, I should have a video out so you can see what one person fiddling around in Unreal Engine 4 can do. And I think that'll enlighten you and hopefully allay your fears. Don't worry. Kingdom Hearts 3 will look however Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposed to look. It could look better, but it won't make Kingdom Hearts 3 worse than it was going to be. Because you can... The point is, these are just tools, and uh, the Kingdom Hearts team are a group of artists, and they can make whatever they want with the tools, so... It's it's good that you explained this, because a lot of people were saying that, oh... It's gonna look look like real, more realistic. It's gonna look like what Gears of War is looking at, but it's like no, it's yeah, it's yeah. gonna retain its that's Disney not, look. That's not the way. You know, there's yeah. If anything, a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions of, uh, of how engines work. Yeah, Some, something kind of interesting, especially with Unreal Engine Four. They were from the start. They've always been making Unreal Engine Four to be multi-platform, but obviously, whatever game they're working on is going to influence Unreal Engine Four. At least for Kingdom Hearts Three. This is actually a benefit because the game Epic's been working on is called Fortnite, uh, and that one is a stylized game. That it, it's like a um, it's sort of a free to play sort of game. That's like a you know you build um, I don't know you build sort of strongholds and you can fight like these sort of zombie like creatures. But it's all really stylized. Kind of looks like uh, a little bit like Team Fortress Two. So very cartoony looking. So any. Thing that they add to the engine that relates to Fortnite could actually be something that benefits uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Whereas with Luminous, there was no parallel game in development that would have helped them. You know, Final Fantasy 15, a lot of the stuff that was uh, applicable for Final Fantasy 15 wouldn't make sense with Kingdom Hearts 3. Just, you know, varying art styles and different gameplay styles. It just wouldn't make sense. So, yeah, just from someone that actually does use the engine, I think this is actually a really awesome choice and will most likely help Kingdom Hearts 3 come out a lot earlier than it would have if they were pursuing their own engine, which would have been a big pain because that's what they would have had to do is make everything from scratch. So I think that pretty much wraps up uh, our new segment. Hopefully we'll get more uh, next time, but uh, that moves us on into our Kingdom Hearts University segment. Lesson number one. Lesson number one. Which, ironically, is a very hard lesson, but I think... God. <laughs> I guess it's a good way to kick it off. Only, only you, Brandon. Only you. Yeah. Only, um, yeah. I know, um, I know. But I want, it to be, I want it to be something that everybody 
learns from something about. Sure, we're gonna get well, anyway. super hard. I know, right? I mean, like, I, I know okay. a lot of things Kingdom Hearts, but like, even I'm kind of scared about this. Yep. Yeah, it's okay. Well, anyway, welcome to the Kingdom Hearts University segment. In this segment of our show, uh, we are going to help you earn the PhD required to understand the Kingdom Hearts storyline. So, in our Yay. first class, we are be going to be talking about Zehanort. And everybody that and everybody that says they are Zehanort or are somehow related to Zehanort. Um so take notes. basically I yeah, this might be time to take notes. Cheryl, can I so, <laughs> yeah, here. Take so the notes. way so the way this segment's <laughs> going to work is we're going to basically talk about um different uh, topics, different identities of Zehanort, and at certain points, just like in class, we're going to have little pop quiz trivia questions, and I'm going to be asking my co-hosts, and you guys can uh, answer along at home to your iPod that we won't be listening to, but um, uh, just to be forewarned, I picked really hard questions, like really hard, that I wouldn't have gotten. Thanks. Uh, so if you don't get it, don't worry. The point of this is to you know, just make you, you, you can make me look like fun and help you learn something. Yeah, and make and make my co-host look like a fool. Or you know, I, honestly, I think you'll probably get some of them. Is, but, is uh, this gonna be on the exam? This is gonna be on the exam. <laughs> Shouldn't, wouldn't that questions? be great after after all this uh, after all these segments? I'll just we have, have to take a, an exam, a final exam of all these trivia questions again. Oh my god! So anyway, I basically divided up this class into three branches because to answer the question who is Zehanort is impossible because there are many people that are Zehanort or are fused with Zehanort. So we are going to be discussing the three branches of Zehanort going in relevance as according to game order, because chronological order wouldn't make any sense. Of course not. Why would it? Kingdom Hearts doesn't make sense in chronological order. So anyway, the first branch of Zehanort is what we're calling Terra Zehanort. Um, the first member of this cast is Zehanort. Not too surprising. But this is Zehanort, who is actually Terra Zehanort. As told through Birth by Sleep, this man is the apprentice of Ansem the Wise. Uh, he's a researcher of uh, topics related to hearts, the darkness, and uh, things like Heartless and the Heart of All Worlds. Uh, and in his research, he was able to seduce Ansem's apprentices to join in with him where he brought in many of the townspeople of Radiant Garden to perform tests on them. It originally started as a psychological study, but even further, they took it, and they were extracting darknesses out of heart. They were infusing darkness into a pure heart, and throughout this, all these crazy tests, they uh, inevitably engulfed um, Radiant Garden in darkness, turning it into Hollow Bastion. And in his experiment, he willingly split his existence into a heartless and a nobody. And that leads us into our next person who is in the Terra Zehanort branch. We have Zehanort Heartless, uh, who is, as we know, Ansem, Seeker of Darkness. Um, he is the main villain of the Kingdom Hearts game, and he stole his master's name, as far as we know. And this leads us to our first trivia question. Uh-oh. Churro. Oh, great. Uh-oh. What is the what is the reason given in the Kingdom Hearts games for Zehanort's Heartless taking on the name Ansem? So what was the reason why he took on the name Ansem? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wasn't that when he like woke up from one of ex- from the experiment that he looked mm-hmm. he saw one of uh Ansem the Wise's uh paperwork and he saw the name ansem so he thought he was ansem himself so he took on the name ansem actually the answer is there is no answer it's actually never addressed in any kingdom hearts game why he took the name you know like this you know, you know my, my, <laughs> oh my you know Brandon, my response to that is going to be a big f you know? <laughs> but since this is a children's show i would censor myself 
That's okay. So I wanted to put it that way because that's how everybody should feel. This is probably the most controversial change in any Kingdom Hearts game, and it was never explained why he did it. Never. Like, seriously, I went through all the games. I made sure to check all the wikis. I even Googled this question to make sure other people were having this question. And yes, a lot of people have made forum topics on many Kingdom Hearts websites about this controversy. There is no reason given yet. I I mean, to me, it just feels like Nomura did it just to cover himself so that he knew later on when he would do the big old... You know, sudden plot twist in Kingdom Hearts 2 when realizing that that Ansem was not, you know, Ansem, it was Xehanort Heartless. So I think he kind of did it to cover himself up. Yeah. To be fair, I'm going to try to play a little bit of Nomura's advocate here. Um, This entity, Ansem's Seeker of Darkness, has been dead up to at least Kingdom Hearts 3D. So he hasn't had a chance to speak for himself in a while. So to be fair, he hasn't had a chance to say why. Also, um, a lot of the newer footage revolves around this point in time where he becomes this entity. So it's possible in Kingdom Hearts 3 that we will get an answer, you know, or we'll at least see the moment when it happened that he decided, oh, I'm going to be on some now. But the fact remains that for almost 10 years, there has been no reason, no official reason given for why the villain of the series decided to arbitrarily change his name to his master's name. Uh, There are obviously some possible benefits that he might gain because Ansem was a respected man, but if he was a respected man that just engulfed his entire world in darkness, maybe he's not so respected. You could also theorize that maybe the name Zehanort is feared throughout the universe, maybe. And maybe that's why he just wanted to throw off the name. Who knows? But as of right now, there's no official reason given why. Uh, anyway. And that, I, th- I, <laughs> I, think, I think that's why a lot of people like discredit Namor's writing or whatever. Uh, who yeah. did the writing? Uh, it was like Wat- Watanabe or something. Or like was it, wasn't it no, no, uh, Well, Nojima, no. Wor- Nojima worked on Kingdom Hearts 1. I don't know how much he did on Kingdom Hearts 2. I well, because like, whoever... well, no, well, no, Nojima did the writing for Kingdom Hearts 1, which included that scene originally, which means that I guess, mm-hmm. I mean, from the morals, you know, since he's the one directing it, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were blaming sort of Nomura in his way of directing the first game when they put that in where they, you know, made this turn for no reason, you know? It's also it, it kind of got a lot of heat. In in researching this, um, there is a slight inconsistency. If you look at um, if you look at some of the phrases thrown out in the deep dive uh, secret movie, uh, they speak of something called Ansem's other report, referring to a possibility that Ansem wrote another report. When in reality, or not in reality, but in the end, in Kingdom Hearts, it ended up being what's called Ansem's secret report, which actually refers to the fact that. Uh, this was a different person writing uh, the report. Whereas in Deep Dive, it's sort of hinted at that this one guy who was the real Ansem made two reports, whereas in Kingdom Hearts 2, they changed it to there's two people that have been writing under the pen name Ansem. So there's been changes there. There's also some inconsistencies in some of the phrases in some of the Ansem reports, uh, like how uh, in uh, the secret reports, Ansem the Wise says that, uh, oh, I found this other report, and it looks like he's rich in, uh, well, Z- one through eight, which in our version would be two through nine. But in number nine, it, the ninth one is him describing his meeting with King Mickey in the first person, where... As far as we know, Zehanort never really had that much of an interaction with Mickey. Uh, Ansem the Wise had more of the interaction. So there's a lot of inconsistencies. If you look into the Ansem reports, it's a big rabbit hole. Moving I mean, on. it's <laughs> it's weird how like none of the, the characters, like the main characters, actually take notice of an Ansem report when you receive it. It's only for like the player yeah. to read in their spare time to yeah, understand also the story the, better. Yeah, also the people that have the Ansem reports... 
are the people that are like, oh, Ansem, he's a great guy. Did you read the report? He's nuts. He's nuts. It's clear in the report. But anyways, moving on to Zehanort's Nobody, his other existence in the Terra Zehanort branch. He is the leader of Organization 13, a group comprised of strong-hearted nobodies whose first members were Ansem the Wise's apprentices. Uh, trivia question for Sabi. Which Kingdom Hearts games does Zemnus appear in? All of them. Well, did you just tell me the answer? <laughs> well, start, start naming some obvious ones. Start naming them? Yeah, just name Kingdom Hearts titles, some obvious that ones. That Zemnus was in. Yes. Uh, the second one, obviously. Okay. The Dream Drop Distance. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. There's two others. Come on, Sabby, you got this. Chain of Memories? No. Nope. Bird by Sleep? Nope. What? Well, oh, he's, he's, in the, Sorry. he's in the secret totally movie. Yep, 358. Yep, yep, yep. And there's one more. The Coded? This one's older. Oh, it's the... one? Which version? Final Mix? Yay! Yay! So, so Zeminus has appeared in four Kingdom Hearts so titles so far. <laughs> so it, mean okay. us. <laughs> I mean, technically, okay. he the made point... a like very tiny cameo in like Birth by Sleep at the at the yeah. If you want to consider cameo, Volume Two's trailer, yeah, yeah, I don't really count that. But Anyways. uh, yeah. So he appeared first in Kingdom Hearts Final Mix as a secret uh, boss, the Enigmatic Man or Unknown. Uh, he's also I remember in those Deep days. Dive. Yeah. <laughs> He was also in Deep Dive, uh, but we didn't know he was uh, Zemnus. He was also not designed in that way. He was designed completely different, but who cares? He ended up being Zemnus. Uh, he was off- obviously in Kingdom Hearts 2. That's where he made his major role. He was in uh, 358 over 2 and, of course, Dream Drop Distance. Now, moving on to our second branch of the three branches of Zehanort. This one is the Master Zehanort branch, and there's two members of this branch. There is Master Zehanort himself, the old guy voiced by Leonard Nimoy. He is a Keyblade Master obsessed with bringing about another Keyblade War to forge the Keyblade. And this key is spelt with a weird X symbol, so it's like the X-Blade. The Greek Um, symbol. Yeah. He eventually fused with Terra to form Terra Zehanort at the end of Birth by Sleep. Um, And Ultimately, his new goal is that he wants to fuse his heart with many others to create a true Organization 13 of 13 Zehanorts. <laughs> Which is kind of nuts. Uh, the next member of this branch is young Master Zehanort. So this is Master Zehanort in his youth, same guy, but younger. Uh, he once lived on Destiny Islands. And he was preoccupied with visiting other worlds, very similar to Riku. Uh, Young Master Zehanort is a time traveler that is tasked with guiding Sora uh, to be fused with Master Zehanort's heart. And that's sort of the plot of Dream Drop Distance. Churro, trivia question. How does Young Master Zehanort get his time traveling powers? Don't you have to give up your entire, like, your body? And basically you're just like a... What? That, yep, those are the rules. Yeah, so you have to them. give up your body in order to travel back in time. You, you're just there. That's how. That's how you are. <laughs> exactly. So that's the rules. But wrong answer. Those are the right rules. Son of a... But not how he got them. Oh, so wait, can I? Can I try? <laughs> okay, yeah, you can try. Let, let's have you try. Isn't it let's where if you if I don't know, it's so hard to like figure out. But I was trying to. Figure, I think the way they explained it was. If you meet yourself in whatever time period it was and you like talk to them mm-hmm. or like and get in contact mm-hmm. with them, they have that power to do so, but they can only go in one direction or something. That's close. So the answer is that Ansem Seeker of Darkness went back in time and gave him the powers. By the means of that Churro described and Sabi described. Yeah, so we're both right. Young young Master Zehanort himself did not get his own time travel powers for himself. Ansem, that we know from Kingdom Hearts 1, went back in time and, like Sabi described, talked to him and gave him the powers. Uh, Wow. So that sort of reminds me that. That's kind of lame if you ask me. 
all it is the lame. time. Back time <laughs> and give my other self the power to do so. Let's just by talking to him, let's do it. Just by talking to him. Yeah, well, there's you just got Nomorad. But yeah, honestly, when I was reading uh about this, that I forgot that part. Because this is obviously one of hopefully, those things that uh, is really forgettable just because it's so confusing. Well, hopefully they explain this yeah, more hopefully. in Kingdom Hearts 3. Because like, that whole time traveling thing threw everybody off and Dream Drop distance. Yeah, threw everyone off. But so. I think what this does is it puts a lot more importance on Kingdom Hearts 1's villain, Ansem. And I think that's kind of cool. Uh, is that they gave him the importance because without him... Becoming a Heartless and going back in time and giving him, uh, young Master Zahenort the powers, none of this would have ever, you know, blown up like it has. So, kind of interesting the way that works. And the final uh, branch of Zahenort's is this new branch of Zahenort's, which we will, I guess, learn more about in Kingdom Hearts 3, are the 13 Darknesses. As of right now, we know of uh, four of the members, Master Zahenort. Young Master Zahenort, Bragg, and Isa. Um, as of right now, we don't know much else. There's a lot of theories of who possibly could be in the organization. Um, there's possibility that maybe too... Terra is somehow in there, but the problem is that Terra, his existence, as far as we know it, is uh, no. Seeker of Darkness and Xemnas. Well, so they... it's really confusing. It's unknown. They already. I mean, even Mickey and Jensen couldn't find traces of whereabouts of his whereabouts anywhere. So yeah, so it's possible that maybe he got out, or maybe he re- maybe the only way of getting Terra back is by fusing Ansem and Xemnas together. I don't know. Ooh, that's gross. Well, that's <laughs> where Kingdom Hearts that. Three is going to leave us in a matter of years. Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting because how can you complete the thirteen, the the seven lights? And have the thirteen darknesses if Terra is two parts of the thirteen darknesses. Oh, it's gonna be confusing. That's for Kingdom Hearts to figure out, I guess. Kingdom Hearts three specifically. So that's where we're gonna leave our Kingdom Hearts Unity diversity so far. I hope you've learned some things. I know I did when I was writing this. Well, I, I well we both failed, so you know, thanks to you. I You're like the that's, okay. that's that's the yeah. Well, you guys pulled it out in the end and combined your answers did form pretty much the so, uh, answers. Believe. So, Sabby, I purposefully uh, how would you how would you rank our professor? <laughs> a professor? Uh, you say first. Uh, I, I would give him at least uh, a C plus. I mean, he he could C plus. He he could work on it a little bit more. I give him a C plus plus. Oh, that's, that's okay. Oh. That's okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, B minus. <sighs> Good old, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, if if you guys got any of them, any of these questions right, or if you got a bunch of them wrong, either way, that's okay. The point of this is to just uh, you know get you to learn stuff and remember really annoying points of the Kingdom Hearts lore that I are they unexplained or have been explained just to prepare you for Kingdom Hearts three in the future. So I think at least some of this will help you out. And also remind you that Nomura has a lot of splaining to do when it comes to Ansem taking, or Ansem Seeker of Darkness becoming Ansem. Yeah, Nomura. And not just saying it's heartless. Yeah, Nomura. So anyway, the final segment, our question segment, uh, we're taking a uh, question. Actually, this one comes from the forums, because I thought it would actually make uh, a lot of good sense to talk about this particular question. Uh, if you guys have any questions to answer, or have any questions to ask you guys can send your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com uh, as well as uh, you could also go to kingdomheartsunion.com and as well as uh, uh, gamingunion.net on the forums so uh, this one comes from Unclear Motive on the forums and uh, he or she asks after hearing uh, from Nomura recently that he's been playing around with the idea of a Birth by Sleep Volume 2 do you think uh, do you all think this will actually happen? At some point in time, I think it will. And in my honest opinion, mm-hmm. I hope it does because there's a lot of untold time that occurs in Birth by Sea Volume Two. So mm-hmm. I mean, basically, when Nora, you know, first talked about it, he wanted to have it so that it'll answer some questions regarding certain characters like Mickey's time in the Realm of Darkness. Same with Aqua's. Mm-hmm. And um, Riku's time during Kingdom Hearts 1 
And, um, yeah, I mean, but right now, I know Namor's focus is on Kingdom Hearts 3 to get that out. And with, with, yeah. with this recent, like, discussion about Breath of the Fallen 2 recently, um, I think that Nomura will somehow slip it into Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, just to yeah, possibly give uh, fans, you know, a, a quick teaser look of what it could have been or maybe, a, mm-hmm. you know, a notion that he does have plans to make into something, you know, maybe a, a Vita game or a PlayStation 3, 4 game, you know, whatever it is, somehow he's going to want to use it because Nomura said that he's still interested in making it, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the last time he spoke about it, I, I know he especially highlighted that this was going to uh, discuss what Aqua has been doing for the past 10 years, because apparently she hasn't been doing nothing, so apparently that's what it was going to be about. I think it's kind of, it would be kind of weird, you know, if if this game came out after Kingdom Hearts 3, if Kingdom Hearts 3 is like the proper close of this saga, it would be kind of weird to do it that way. Um, I think one possible thing that I would think would be kind of cool is what if Nomura writes the outline of what he wants that story to be and then gives it uh, to the guy that does the manga and he could do a manga version of the story. Oh, Shiro Obano? Yeah, so we're not wasting developer resources on making a full game. I mean, it would be awesome to have another game, you know, especially, you know, one on handhelds, but... I think that'd be uh, good. Just with the way game, just the way game development is now, and how expensive it is, uh, and the fact that you know it's been so long since we had a console game, I think maybe it might be uh, okay to do this as maybe a novel or uh, or as a manga, just to save money and resources and let those guys make new games or something. I think you have the any manga idea, Sabi? Manga? Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be better, just because, like, I get I get what he's trying to do. It's kind of like trying to fill in those gaps that we all have questions about being like what happened mm-hmm. at this time what like where was everyone in the certain point of time where this was happening before like events like this started it's like yeah. a bunch of questions yeah, also not really yeah, with the, the game though because yeah you, i don't know what they could do like what could they do what was kind of weird was that it never seemed like this was supposed to tell a full story it was i mean it was even in the trailer, it was called a fragmentary passage. So it seemed like it was just going to be a bunch of clips from random parts of the series just to explain things. And that sounds more like, uh, you know, if you got like a side story novel that had a bunch of short stories in it, and maybe they might be, you know, quick, short and sweet stories from a bunch of random parts of the timeline just to fill in gaps. They did and... that for Final Fantasy thirteen two. Mm-hmm. If you pre-ordered it, you got like tiny book yeah um i have i have that book it's it just Me too. pretty much it just details like events of uh from like before 13 to like after 13 so it, it was a nice read because you know it gives you more mm-hmm. insight on what occurs you know and it's and um since we were like i, I mean the mysteries that were you know revolved around volume two were big i mean they answered a lot of mm-hmm. questions of you know certain characters and it'd be kind of weird to lose out on this opportunity because you know it was supposed yeah. to answer a lot of like because like they always said that there was like big questions like regarding aqua regarding mickey riku but now it's like a lost you know i don't say lost cause because there's always a chance but it's just like a lost moment in time for the series i think the only way that it would be possible for them to want to develop it as a game is if they change the original intention so that maybe it would be a fragmentary passage still, but the overarching storyline is that, oh, this leads into Kingdom Hearts 4. There's a there's a new villain hinted at in the world of darkness. And, oh, you know, it's really vague and no one really knows what it means. And it doesn't have anything to do with Kingdom Hearts 3. Maybe it's something in the future we'll have to deal with. And Aqua just, for whatever reason, never mentions it in Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, yeah, I saw this writhing mass of evilness in the realm of darkness eh, it's probably fine and she hasn't mentioned it for the past 13 years or so i don't know i think that's the only way is if you make it relevant to the future games that's the only way you're going to make a game out of it so we'll see so i think that wraps up our question segment and that will move us on into our music i think this is the first time 
well, at least since I've been uh, on the show, that we're actually going to have a cover of this song. But I thought it would be appropriate because Halloween is coming up uh, for us Yay. at least recording the show. So we're going to have a cover of This Is Halloween from Halloween, Nightmare Before Halloween. Christmas. And uh, obviously that song is heavily featured in the Kingdom Hearts games every time you go to a uh, Nightmare Before Christmas related world. And this one comes from Jam2995 on YouTube. It's an awesome rock cover, so uh, please enjoy that and check them out on YouTube. Our next and final show of 2014 Boo. is scheduled for the 25th of November. Boo. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. You guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we are number one. Number one. And of one. course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube, or... KH2.co.uk <laughs> I wasn't kidding when I said I rotate through everything. I know, right? Because I caught that at the last second. I was like, wait, you said YouTube this I updated this time. it in the outro. I updated it in the outro outline, but I didn't update it in the intro. We'll fix that next time. But you did. Well, I, but I I didn't like actually write it into the intro, but I fixed it in the outro. But you said it as an announcement, so that kind of counts. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it still counts. I do mention it, but I should probably put it in a better spot. Yeah, where, <sighs> where we tell the audience that where you can find it, it should go there now that we have a Yeah, YouTube. it should go there. We were debating how we should do this These last time, but anyway... And as a reminder, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion and send us your emails to khuquestions at gmail.com. So I think it's I think it's goodbye time. No. Our second to last goodbye time. No. Why, Brandon? Why do you guys do, have do any, this? Do you guys have any parting words? Stay in school. Happy Stay Halloween. School. Say goodbyes, guys. Goodbye. Bye. I'm Brandon, saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and kingdomheartsunion.com production.
Happy Halloween. Yes, ha happy Halloween. Oh, on, on Halloween, are you guys doing anything? Um, working. Yes, working. Oh, I'm working. Ooh, the I'm scariest working too. thing of all. <laughs> working yeah, and then just really like, awesome. well, I, I just bought like a like a ton of candy before they like sell out like the best ones because like oh yeah the, like on the 30th like or the 31st part. is when like everybody goes and buys all like the candy because there's always so late on getting it so i went and bought it for myself because that's the best time to get that's candy. the best <laughs> that's the best part just buy a bunch of candy for yourself turn off all the lights and don't breathe too heavily uh, so kids don't knock on your door i'm i'm working at eb so if i get to dress up at work I've been trying You're to figure out what to dress Creed up again? I really don't want to, but I think I have to. I want to be Red Riding Hood. But I'll go you, find you, the, like, you should dress up as a Ruby. You could just dye your Assassin's Creed hood red. No, that's too much effort. I have to go Assassin find Assassin Red Riding Hood. Assassin yeah, you, you, should, you should just be Ruby and just Ruby from Ruby. That'd Ruby be even from better. Ruby? That'd be fun. Yeah. I, can't wear, I can't wear skirts or dresses at work. That's the only problem. Well you, can, well, you can alter it to make it like pants and stuff. I mean, people do it all the time at cons. Someone make me a scythe. Oh, boy. A sniper I'm scythe. Sure, I'm sure that's a that's a good thing for EB games to have. I wanted more Lucius scythe. Oh, boy. That'd, That'd be awesome. Funny. Oh, boy. Here we go. Scaring children? Mm. Brandon, if you could dress up as any Kingdom Hearts character for Halloween, what would you be? Uh, I don't know. That's, that's tough. I, I mean... The you, easiest Sandy? cop out is like, Kyrie. oh, I want to be, I want to be an Organization Thirteen guy because you know it's the hood. It's the easy. hood. Kyrie, uh, Aqua, I would probably. Or... I don't know. I've, can, I've always well, you can you, you can also gender bend too. Now. I mean, don't be afraid to gender bend too. So. <laughs> I mean, I would want to. The only one I can think of off the top of my head would be Squall, but I prefer his Dissidia costume than his Kingdom Hearts I would, one. I would love to dress up as a Limit Form Sora. I, I actually enjoy the Limit Form yeah. clothing because it's like his Kingdom Hearts clothing, but mashed in with his Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. So. My, my only problem with cosplay in general is whatever I dress up as, I need to not look ridiculous. And Same. If I, dressed, if I dressed up as any of the main characters, I, it, it works in the game I don't think it Come works on, in the just, real just world. remember you don't have to look totally perfect. That's cosplaying is to having fun. <laughs> you remember I, I dressed up as uh, Naruto uh, last year at Anime Expo, and you know it, it. You know I had a lot of fun. That's my first time cosplaying, and you know I enjoyed it a lot. And then I went to San Diego Comic Con that same year as Naruto, and you know it brought a lot of smiles to kids' faces because you don't really see Naruto at San Diego Comic Con, so it's kind of nice. Even though yeah, I didn't look, that should be, even though I, like, that should be more I like looked true. far away from the actual thing, there were a lot of better Naruto cosplayers there, anyways. But hey, it was still a lot of fun. Oh well, I think I think yeah, one day I'll get the courage and I will do it. Uh, but come yeah, on, anyway, guys, come on, if if I say, had to, you could do it. Yeah, say goodbyes, guys.